Taiwan reported 744 local COVID infections on Wednesday, the highest single-day figure since the start of the pandemic. New Taipei reported the highest number of cases at 264, followed by Taipei at 141. The CECC also reported three more patients with moderate COVID symptoms who are all in their 80s and have pre-existing conditions. Despite the surge of local cases, the vast majority has had light or no symptoms. On Wednesday, Taiwan reported its highest daily case tally since the start of the pandemic at 744 local infections. Taipei and New Taipei both reported more than 100 cases, 264 in New Taipei and 141 in Taipei. Meanwhile, Taoyuan, Jilong and Kaohsiung each reported more than 50 infections. Across Taiwan, 10 counties and cities reported more than 10 infections each. In the early development stages of the outbreak, we saw three days with cases in the 400s, then it went to more than 500, and now we're seeing more than 700 cases. The upward trend is undeniable. It's hard to predict what the peak will be or when it will happen. Taiwan's medical infrastructure, including specialized wards, negative pressure wards, centralized quarantine centers, and enhanced quarantine hotels, still have about 5,300 beds available for COVID patients. The CECC says it's planning to allow patients with mild or no symptoms to isolate at home in the future. Patients in home isolation will be able to access traditional Chinese medicine treatments if they so wish. The NRICM-101 compound's effectiveness has not been affected by the different strains of the virus. It's always been a good option. It's just as good against Delta as it is against Omicron. Sometimes vaccines might not offer their fullest protection to some people, such as people with autoimmune disorders, so they might have some gaps in their defenses, which can be filled in by NRICM-101. As of Wednesday, Taiwan has received 5,000 courses of Merck's COVID oral pills. The CCC has also placed orders for more than 15,000 courses of the Pfizer treatment, which will be delivered over the next two weeks. The current rise in local infections has fueled demand for rapid test kits. The government is taking steps to ramp up production while lowering retail prices to below 200 NT per kit. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the government was hoping to make rapid tests available through three different channels in the future. One of them could be a rationing system similar to the face mask rationing system of the early days of the pandemic. Let's hear from the CECC. There will be three different ways to obtain rapid tests. One of the ways is to purchase them through regular market means. Rapid tests will be available for sale and purchase as usual. The second way is to obtain them as publicly funded tests from the government, that is, for example, to conduct screenings in communities in high-risk areas or to administer as tests during quarantine and isolation for cases that require regular tests. They will be available for people in high-risk areas and for firms that need them in an emergency. The third way could be a real-name rationing system. The pricing and the distribution of the tests in this way would be similar to the mask rationing system of the past. It will be a little different. But the prospect of lower prices in the future has left some pharmacies at a loss on how to manage their stock. 
according to the Federation of Taiwan Pharmacists Associations. The Federation says some pharmacies may be unwilling to place orders on rapid tests now in case their retail price drops in the future. On Tuesday, the Ministry of Education released new school closure guidelines in hopes of preventing disruption to children's education due to COVID. But not everyone welcomed the new rules. Some parents say that having children under the age of 12 attend school is dangerous, as the age group is not yet eligible for COVID vaccination. Several local governments, including Yunling, Nantou and Zhanghua, say they will implement their own policies for school closures to keep children as safe as possible. The Ministry of Education on Tuesday released new guidelines for school closures. Previously, preschools, primary schools and secondary schools were forced to close in full if two students in different classes were diagnosed with COVID. Now, schools will only close fully if one-third or more of a school's classes are cancelled, or if ten classes or more are cancelled. Parents are divided over the new rules, and many voice their opinions on the education minister's social media pages. Some parents left comments saying, primary school students aren't vaccinated yet, the new rules are too risky, and don't say that children only get mild symptoms and no symptoms at all, don't tell us not to worry. Others supported the new measures, saying, I wouldn't want my kids to stay home for their classes because education is not as effective that way. And we don't want closures to impact children's right to an education. If classes are cancelled, we have to come and pick up our children. The new rules that kids continue to go to school and not have to stay at home. But they could also cause everyone to get infected. Those are the dangers that the policy comes with. I think the point is not about the thresholds for closing schools. If there is an infected student, we wouldn't want our kids to go to class. And parents are not the only ones that disagree with the new rules. Some local governments say they will launch policies of their own. Yunlin County has announced that the Ministry of Education's rules will apply only to students aged 12 and up. It's said that students below that age are not yet eligible for vaccines, and thus school closure standards will be kept as they were previously. I think they are missing the point. Kids under the age of 12 have not yet been eligible for a single shot of a COVID vaccine. We are being as cautious as possible to protect our children. Zhanghua County says it will also follow rules of its own. The county's commissioner says the local government will respect assessments from experts and adapt its measures to the overall COVID situation, cancelling classes when necessary. Nanto County says it will also launch rules of its own. The rules in the past were too restrictive, and now they are overly relaxed. We will act following the overall COVID situation. If the epidemic gets worse, we might not wait until one-third of classes are cancelled. We might just close the school from the get-go. Commissioner Chan Lishan's approach is absolutely correct. We will also be following a similar approach. Over in the six special municipalities, Taichung will also evaluate policies of its own. The city's education bureau convened on Wednesday afternoon to draft a set of local policies. Some parents say that they don't dare send their kids to school if there are confirmed cases in two or three classes. So today we hope to get input from everyone.
of the five cities and counties in central Taiwan, only Miaoli has announced it will implement the central government's school closure thresholds. We will operate in full accordance with central government guidelines. They have the expertise and we will implement it. The Miaoli commissioner said his county would follow the new rules in full. He also stressed that schools should abide closely by disease prevention guidelines to keep students as safe as possible. Now, those parents who worry that their young children can't get vaccinated have something to hope for now. The CECC on Wednesday announced that the government is in the last round of talks to procure COVID vaccines for children aged 5 to 11. Let's hear from the health minister. The Pfizer contract this time around is slightly complicated. We have to purchase the vaccines and dosages for children, but that specification is produced by Pfizer, not BioNTech. Still, we must buy the lower dosage vials. Now the negotiation has turned into one between four parties, so it's a bit more complicated. Last year, the U.S., several European countries and Singapore authorized vaccines for children between 5 and 11. Japan and Korea are among several countries that follow suit this year. From Children's Day to Mother's Day, the 89th floor of Taipei 101 will be transformed into a carnival. Taipei City has organized 21 interactive booths for children in the skyscraper. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. On weekends since April 2nd, the 89th floor of Taipei 101 has been hosting a carnival with a view. The space has been taken over by 21 booths with fun games including fishing, bowling and basketball. It symbolizes love at the highest point. I would like to especially thank the 16 public welfare organizations that are giving disadvantaged children the opportunity to experience this and feel cared for. Carnival was organized by the Taipei City Government and Taipei 101, and there aren't just games on offer. The event will also be holding DIY workshops, and there's plenty of tasty food to try. Also collaborating in the project are 16 local welfare organizations. Now that it's Children's Month, I hope many children will come and have a go. And Mother's Day is fast approaching, so I hope kids will ask their mothers to come as well. This is a wonderful platform, and I hope it becomes a regular event in the future. The carnival will be held on the 89th floor of Taipei 101 from April 2nd to May 8th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Wotong in Taipei. Taiwanese pro-democracy activist Li Mingzhe, currently in prison in China, is scheduled to finish his prison sentence on Thursday. In 2017, Li was sentenced to five years in prison by Chinese authorities for subversion of state power. On Wednesday, China's Taiwan Affairs Office said Li will be released to return to Taiwan in the coming days. Li Mingzhe will soon be released according to law upon the completion of his five-year sentence. Arrangements will be made in the coming days for Li to return to Taiwan. So in Taiwan, if this case were in Taiwan, normally the prisoner would receive parole. But Li Mingzhe is not a single day short on his sentence. Whether it's receiving visitors, meeting lawyers, or even visits from family members, he was not allowed to exercise any of these very basic rights. Now that his sentence is up, everyone is still focused on these issues. It's unimaginable for people in Taiwan.
Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council says it has made arrangements to prepare for Li's return so that the activist returns home swift and sound. Central Bank Governor Yang Jinglong has called on small and medium enterprises to make preparations as Taiwan shifts toward a tighter monetary policy. Amid the Russo-Ukrainian war, Taiwan has been seeing an outflow of foreign capital, which has caused the Taiwan dollar to depreciate. The government says that if the currency continues on its downward trend, it could push up the consumer's price index by up to 0.17 percentage points. Amid the Russia-Ukraine war, Taiwan is seeing an outflow of foreign funds, causing the new Taiwan dollar to sink against the greenback. On January 17th, the exchange rate stood at just over 27 to the U.S. unit. And over the past seven trading sessions, the currency has continued to depreciate to end up at 29.145 on April 12th, marking the lowest value in one and a half years. Central Bank Governor Yang Jinglong says the devaluation of the new Taiwan dollar could result in higher inflation. Our models project that if the new Taiwan dollar depreciates from 28 to 29 against the greenback, the consumer price index will be pushed up by 0.1 to 0.17 percentage points. It'd be a relatively modest rise. In a report put forward to the legislative yuan, the central bank announced a turn toward a tighter monetary policy while advising small and medium enterprises to be ready for the shift. Observers have been left wondering whether Taiwan will follow the Fed in raising interest rates. Do you think Taiwan has to follow suit and raise interest rates by the same amount too? Not necessarily. The central bank said Taiwan would not necessarily have to raise interest rates in line with the Fed. On Wednesday, Taiwan's statistics agency revised its annual GDP growth forecast down from 4.42 percent to 4.02 percent. The head of the agency, Zhu Zeming, says the misery index is expected to go up. Last year, our economic growth rate was 6.28 percent. You see that this year, the projected economic growth rate will be 4 percent. Is that so? About 4.02 percent. According to your assessments, will this year's misery index be above 6%? Yes, it will. The statistics agency forecasts unemployment to be lower than last year at around 3.6%. Overall, inflation is set to be at around 2.48%, a rate far higher than last year's. With international prices creeping up and shifts in monetary policy, balancing the books in 2022 could prove to be harder than in previous years. If you're keeping up with Taiwan's online community, you might be aware of netizens bickering over the pronunciation of foreign brand names such as Costco or IKEA. On Tuesday, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu had the debate settled once and for all. Let's hear how a Swede would pronounce the name behind the world's favorite flat pack furniture brand. 
While receiving a delegation of Swedish and EU parliamentarians, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu seized the opportunity to raise a burning question from the public. It's about IKEA or IKEA. It's a very popular <laughs> brand over here. A lot of people call it IKEA, but I don't know whether that is correct. Oh, but you have to watch YouTuber Lucas Engstrom because he asked the same question yesterday when he interviewed Lars Dacusson. The question couldn't be asked at a better time. IKEA. IKEA. For IKEA. For you. IKEA. IKEA. For years, netizens have bickered over how to correctly pronounce the furniture brand name. Some side with the anglicized iteration, while others say it closer to how it sounds in the original Swedish. Initially, the Swedish delegate played coy when posed with the question. So, uh, we can keep it secret for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this video will be released next week. He's a real YouTuber, not paid by China. But you want to tell me as a secret, is it? Ikea. 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 In the end, the parliamentarian gave in, offering how Swedes say the brand's name. A video of the exchange proved to be a hit on social media. Tainan Mail Huang Weizhe left a comment saying the furniture firm should open a branch in Tainan. And lawmaker Zhang Reisheng said Ping Dong also wanted a shop. Already, the video has collected more than 20,000 likes on Facebook. Hollywood actor Bruce Willis recently announced his retirement due to aphasia, which is an aggressive disease that affects your ability to communicate. For many, it was the first time they'd ever heard of the disease. But in fact, at least 40,000 people in Taiwan are believed to have the condition. Although speech therapists can help patients recover language skills, there are not enough professionals to give everyone the care they need. He's using my dog, get to me. You got kids, Miller? Just go get Bruce Willis is a legendary tough guy. Few imagined the star of Die Hard would announce he was retiring from acting due to worsening aphasia. Aphasia often comes on suddenly, most commonly caused by a stroke. Of course, similar symptoms can also be produced if the speech centers are affected by tumors or brain damage. There are many types of aphasia. Patients with expressive aphasia lose the ability to speak clearly. In contrast, receptive aphasia patients can still speak clearly but no longer understand others' speech. Patients with global aphasia struggle with both speaking and comprehension. Many people confuse aphasia with dementia, but doctors say the two conditions are distinct. Aphasia more often comes on suddenly. With dementia, the speech impediment develops gradually over time. With aphasia, the specific type of impediment or degeneration depends on which language centers are damaged. To treat aphasia, this speech therapist asks patients to identify objects on the screen or to consider the types of situations and conversations they might use with these colorful models that can help retrieve fading language skills. We just see the patient once a week. What we need most is for their relatives to do the treatments with them at home. When we talk to them, we don't have to speak especially loudly because they've not lost their hearing, but use as simple words as possible and give them lots of encouragement so they know they're doing great. 
There are estimated to be somewhere between 40,000 and 65,000 aphasia patients in Taiwan. Each language therapist is responsible for 108 patients. With demand for their services so high, patients often can't get treatment within the optimal first six months of language loss. Doctors say that continuing to learn new things and keep your brain active will create new neural pathways and can prevent aphasia. The annual rice field painting festival is once again being launched in Ilan. Every year, farmers draw whimsical images in their fields as part of their Zhuangwei Painted Paddy Festival. The theme this year is the Taiwan Way. All the images show unique features of Taiwan's landscape, from the Formosan black bear to local attractions. Visitors can enjoy the art until the end of June. In the midst of these lush green paddy fields, a sweet Formosan black bass stretches its paws as if taking a morning yawn. Nearby swims a Taiwanese salmon. Sketched in simple lines, the two national emblems seem to leap from the grass. <laughs> Tourists can enjoy the view from this viewing platform. They point out the images forming this year's Zhuangwei Painted Paddy Festival. Belize. Oh yeah. Working here. Working. Relaxed. Relaxed. <laughs> this I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's relaxing. The countryside is so quiet, beautiful, and expansive. This tourist has brought her dog to walk the dikes between the fields. Now in its sixth year, the festival uses ride seedlings to paint green and black images in rice stalks. You can see them across almost 1,000 ping of fields around the central bridge over the Ilan River. The Taiwan-based images paint a vivid picture of the country's unique unique landscape. The famous Dongshan railway station is one of the symbols alongside one of our famous attractions, an image of a baby deer. We expect that the seedlings will reveal their images at some point in mid to late May. We welcome tourists from across the country to make the most of this nice weather we have after the tomb sweeping festival and come and enjoy the view. Rather than an unbroken stretch of green, these fields offer an unusually colorful view. Visitors say that strolling the fields is a peaceful and uplifting way to spend the day. The images will last until the end of June, more or less. Then, a rice harvesting event will see them chopped down and the harvest will be donated to charity.